How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Board and Browsing Podcast. I'm your host, Danny. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Sean. Howdy. Yeah, so today, Samson unfortunately couldn't be here, but that's fine. Sean, did you know that the last time you and I did a duo episode was Halloween of 2020? Really? It was when we talked about um, the Andy Samberg, or no, not Andy Samberg, Adam Sandler movie list. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Which we have never made, by the way. We still haven't made a best Adam Sandler movie list. No, I've, I've completely forgotten that that was even a list that was on the table. <laughs> Honestly, I think what we need to do on Twitch is we need to do... Remember how I talked about us doing a Pixar, like, every movie tier list? Yeah. I think we need to do those on Twitch. I think that's where that's where our priority should lie for that. I think that would be fun. And everybody can can watch and be like, you're stupid. Make I hate own. you. You're you're ugly, Sean. And nobody likes you. Just just yeah. like they, they think when they listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, but speaking of updates and speaking on Twitch, the boys and I are going to be hosting a game show on Twitch. Woo-hoo! So the way it's going to work is we're going to have different comp- competitors. It could be you if you want to join in. <gasps> Feel free to message us. It could be me, Danny. It could be you if you wanted. It's Wow. I know. It's going to be film-based questions with a variety of different mini games included in it. It's going to be a super fun time. We're aiming for an end of July release to that, but we will be posting about it on social media as it's coming closer. You know, Danny, I only just thought of this, but we should also make sure to sprinkle in questions about boredom as well. Mm. Because that's, that's the part. We're not serving that part of our name, frankly. So I actually I came up with a new category for for one of the mini games that I thought I would uh, I would reveal to you on the podcast. Oh my god! Live, we got my live reaction. We've been prepping together. Sean and I had a little little chat, helping me work through some stuff. But I came up with a new category, and this is going to be called Gamers Beware, (laughs) where I'm going to give a scenario. And our competitors have to give life advice because that's something that gamers aren't skilled at doing. I like that, actually. (laughs) Do you have any example situations? I was thinking something along the lines of, like, you get stood up on a date as, like, an intro question. But it literally could be anything about life. Oh, well, the gamer move there is to just tip out, like, throw the table over and start crying. That's the real gamer move. Yeah, uh, she's an incel. Yeah. It's because I'm. It's because I'm not a Chad. Absolutely. And then and then don't tip and leave. <laughs> Anyways, let's get into our renews and redos. And I think Ooh. the most important thing I have to bring up because in the past we've gone over the Emmys and the Golden Globes. I don't know if we're going to be doing as deep a dive this year, but we will touch on some of the some of the winners when they are announced. I do want to bring up though that Don Cheadle was nominated for an Emmy. As a guest oh. appearance in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Really? The two minutes he was in there, he got yeah, nominated he was, for an enemy. I, I technically haven't. I never got around to watching the final episode, but it's, I yeah, based on what you're saying, he doesn't appear again. Nope. Really? Yeah. Really? He gets, he's, he's nominated for an Emmy for that. Yeah. My best guess is that they were running short on content that they could choose. Yeah. Because, like, everyone else who's there is, like, an SNL host. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, he's like he's like the standout. I think there's one or two others that stood out in terms of like what they were nominated for. But someone called him out on Twitter. They were just like, "You were barely in this. Why are you nominated?" <laughs> he's like, "Your guess is as good as mine." Hey, man, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, other notable nominees that I thought were pretty unique this year. Bo Burnham, of course, being nominated for his production of Inside. Because, yeah. Yeah. The Boys actually is nominated for Best Drama. Oh, really? Which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Cobra Kai got nominated for Best Comedy Series. You're, so. you're not going to make You're not gonna make me watch. I'm not going to do it, you Danny. You have to watch Cobra Kai. Samson has been talking. He's getting weak. He's been talking about watching Cobra Kai. I will not. Unless, you have to. No, no. I, 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 there's, I, Danny, how much is there now? There's three seasons. There's three seasons. That's so much Cobra Kai. But think about the memes you can be included on. We can make jokes about like their karate dojo, but but you'd be able to understand them. I but I don't want to understand them. <laughs> I want to be ignorant, Danny. Let me be ignorant. Fine. But yeah, those were those were a couple that stood out to me. Of course, there's a lot more that was nominated, and a lot of other things that are going for it. Wandavision. Got a bunch yeah. of nominations. Ted Lasso got some nominations. I'm pretty sure Lovecraft Country got nominated oh, as well. Maybe I should go back and uh, finish that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I heard that like it's canceled. Like they're not making another season. So it's pretty interesting hmm. to see that they picked up so many nominations. But again, I think the pool of TV shows this year Just and movies weak. was smaller. Yeah. Interesting. You know. Yeah. Hey. Hey. You know, it, it was COVID time, or at least this is what we're. I think what we're really seeing now is. Like, everything that, that is airing now was at some part made during COVID. Like, in the middle of COVID, some of the stuff we were getting was just finished during COVID. But a lot of the stuff I feel like we're seeing now was more majorly impacted by COVID. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, that's kind of how the nomination cycle works. Like, there's still a few shows on there that were nominated for last year's Golden Globes and Emmys. Yeah. But I think we're basically starting to loop around fully into everything that was made during 2020. Yeah. Just imagine oh, a year from now when it's just all sorts of productions that have all the resources they want. It's going to be so good. I'm or so really excited. Bad. Yeah. I can't wait for uh, uh, Fast and Furious 10, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when they go into space or did they already go into they, space? That was, that was nine. I haven't seen nine. it. I'm, I'm not sure if I will. I'm going to be honest, but... <laughs> Dude, I was so into the memes about um, uh, fucking what's his name, uh, Dominic. Yeah, the the family memes. It's about family. People got over him like really quickly. I think it deserved to like live on a bit longer. <laughs> well, I think it's because people started questioning whether or not it was a corporate ploy. I would believe that. You know that it was just. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that even if it was started as a corporate, just like a PR scam, there's definitely some regular people who also oh, made yeah, family sure. memes. Because, you know, here's the thing, like, maybe it was made by a corporation, but I do think it was kind of funny because those movies are literally like, why well, we got to drive up the side of this building because, because, you know, cash is money. I mean, it's family. I can't even say it. I'm not as committed to family as Dominic is, as Dom is. That's okay. I I wouldn't I wouldn't fault you for not being that committed. <laughs> Danny's about family. Yeah, that's true. All right, so let's get into some of the renews and redos that I actually have. Young Justice season four is going to be coming out October twenty first. Now, Young Justice is such an interesting show to break down because not so much of what the content that it's in, but the life cycle that it's had. So I don't know if you've heard of this show, Sean. Have you ever seen Young Justice before? Yeah, like ages ago when it was first coming out, I think I. 
like when it was on Cartoon Network. Well, it was mm-hmm. on Cartoon Network, right? Yeah. Um, I definitely saw bits and pieces of like the first two seasons, and I enjoyed what I saw, actually. Yeah. So it got canceled back in like 2014 by Cartoon Network because they were doing a bunch of DC shows at the time. They wound up canceling most of them and just kind of moving on to a new like segment of Cartoon Network. Yeah. What then happened was fans petitioned for so many years that it actually got brought back in 2019 on DC Universe, which was owned at the time by HBO and Warner Brothers. DC Universe is also responsible for creating the Harley Quinn animated show and Doom Patrol. Yeah. So, like, they were making some really good productions. Unfortunately, Uh, what was that? That was something outside of my building. (laughs) That was, that, that appeared notably on the uh, audio. Yeah, no, I heard it too. I thought, I thought that was me. I thought it was my computer making a weird thing. (laughs) Honking at you. Yeah. Hey, no, that's just the city, big man. Yeah. So, so DC Universe, unfortunately, lost a lot of its funding, and they wound up shifting it just to being a comic book-type application. And all of their shows that were there got moved over to HBO Max, which is why you can watch Harley Quinn and Doom Patrol Season 2 on there. Yeah. Young Justice has been kind of in this limbo since Season 3 release, where no one knew when it was coming out, but it was confirmed for Season 4. So it's looking like October is when we're actually going to start seeing this. And I'm really excited because even though the third season wasn't as great, I think there's a lot of potential with how many characters they have in the universe. Yeah, no, I'm not that I've kept up with it, but I am glad to see it was coming back because it, it, I remember enjoying it uh, yeah. when it was out. And I think I might have also I don't remember if at the time I knew that it got canceled, but I think I was a little bit surprised that it did. I was I was very sad about it because it left on such a cliffhanger like they set up the plots for so many different things. And I won't spoil like if season three did it well or not, but it was it was definitely enough content to continue the show. Like, I think if they had ended after season three, people would have been like, okay, like that makes sense. But there was just such a cliffhanger with no communication about it. (laughs) It was awful. It was awful. Oh, studios. (laughs) Here's something you're going to be really excited for. The yes. Witcher Season 2 has confirmed a release oh. date of December 17th, 2021. You know, I remember that I, I'd forgotten that I saw the trailer for that the other day. I I am excited for that. You know, I, I liked... It's, it's a little strange for me because I feel like a lot of people who watch The Witcher are either people who have played the games a lot and love them or have, like, no interaction with the games at all. Whereas I've tried to play The Witcher 3 a couple times and have just never been able to get into it, but I was still excited to watch the show. So it's it's I'm in that weird mix of where I haven't... Like, I've played the games, but I'm not, like, a, a Witcher stan. Sure. However, I thought the show was really fun, and so I'm excited that they're coming out with more. Yeah, I, I've heard very good things about it. I haven't watched it yet i honestly feel like in december i'm gonna wind up binging the entire thing and then just continuing with it so i'm glad to see that the fan reaction is so great didn't they do like a witcher con recently they might have those games are massively popular so i I, and honestly just um oh my god who plays who plays Geralt? henry cavill yeah henry cavill i mean i would go to an event just to see henry cavill if he was there (laughs) you know so if if he was at witcher con then I'm not surprised if it was, you know, at least decently successful. I would only go if he had a CGI'd mustache like he did in um fucking fucking the Snyder cut where they took it off oh, and God. gave him like the weird lip thing. Not the Snyder cut, the original. Wait. No. Oh yeah, no, it was the it original, was the original. League. It wasn't the Snyder cut. Which I guess 
it, I think it might have still technically been in the Snyder Cut. I think they might have just, just made it look better. Yeah, they just actually, you know, spent money on it, I guess. <laughs> I saw there was a uh, there was a giveaway going on because I'll get like random ads about this all the time. There was a giveaway going on where you could win tickets to go see the Snyder Cut in theaters. Wow. And all I could think about was what a miserable experience for whoever yeah. won. Yeah, like, hey, you want to go sit in a movie theater for four hours? Yeah, Stupid. in black and white. It's, in it, black it's the and black white? and white version. Why? Yeah, they made a they made a grayscale version, and they were trying to get people to like pay for that one as well. It was like the movie is not good enough to warrant seeing it a second time, let alone seeing it without any color. It's it's my artistic vision, Danny. You have to understand. My artistic vision is that you're as miserable as possible while watching this movie. I was. I genuinely was. And you know what? I'm sure for the theatrical release, they slowed down the slow motion scenes by an additional 50%, adding th- ridiculous. 45 minutes onto the movie. 10% of the movie was in slow motion. Actually, though, like I, I, I'd be curious for someone to go in and do the numbers because truly so much of that was in slow motion. It was wild. But anyways, switching over to Marvel, What If oh. just recently dropped a trailer. So this yeah. is the animated series where it's like, potentially a different type of universe so instead of steve rogers getting the super soldier serum it's peggy carter and this this looked really good i was very excited for it it's coming out august 16th so that's the next marvel thing you have to look forward to so i what what i'm curious about is and i don't know if, if you know this about it but so since it's a series is it just that each episode is a different what if or are there certain what ifs that will be multiple episodes I'm still trying to figure that out. They're either going one of two routes where all the what ifs are connected, but they're just stories focused on specific characters or they're each their unique stories. Because in the comics, usually when they do this, what if it's kind of like its own unique universe? Yeah. So I would assume that's the route they're going, but I don't know how much they want to connect it. The other interesting thing is this is actually the last like movie or TV show or anything that Chadwick Boseman will be in. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he recorded the lines for it. All the main Marvel cast came back to record their lines, and this is his last, like, production ever. That's crazy. I know. It's going to be a little bittersweet, but I I think this is going to be a really fun show, and I think it's going to catch people by surprise. A lot of people have the complaint that for Marvel stuff, it either is like, you know, I have to watch all of this ahead of time to get caught up, or like, you know, this... Is just, you know, I'm, I'm watching this part to get to the next part to the next part. So I think it might be interesting that this is just standalone. Yeah. And so you can, you can, I mean, it helps to know the, I mean, fucking what are we at? 25 movies and like four <laughs> television shows of background. But you More don't think that. you're going to need it. So this might be a fun one for people to just jump into, even if mm-hmm. they're not necessarily invested in the whole like massive Marvel. Yeah just thing the beast the marvel monster (laughs) would agree actually that's i think this is a perfect transition to what we've been watching and i would like to talk about black widow oh go for it okay so i didn't i want to i want to clarify i did not spend 30 dollars my parents (laughs) spent 30 dollars and i took advantage of the fact that they spent 30 dollars because fair enough it's a lot of money however i will say that i was very anti-black widow i didn't think it needed to be a movie i wasn't looking forward to this thing coming out in all honesty the only marvel movie that i'm genuinely excited for now is spider-man far from home i have a feeling that's gonna be fun i think it's gonna be good too however 
Black Widow surprised me and was genuinely worth the money. Really? I enjoyed this movie a ton. I think the middle is a little slow. It struggles with some pacing as you get into the second act transitioning third act. However, the entire first act is nonstop action. There is there is like a, maybe a third of that first act is actual dialogue and the rest is just like fighting and combat and like action <laughs> scenes. And it's amazing. I've never seen a Marvel movie pace so well for a first act. Really? Yeah. And like the story itself is not the greatest in the world. I think it gives a little bit of backstory to the Black Widow and kind of makes her death more bittersweet because you realize like, oh, she does have this family that she she did leave behind. And and it's kind of yeah. like assumed that the characters you meet in this were blipped during the uh, Thanos event. Gotcha. Okay. So it's like she never truly got to say goodbye. And I think it's cool giving her more emphasis on her backstory because she's like one of the few characters you know nothing about throughout all of the marvel movies yeah they even give us some hawkeye stuff they give us more hawkeye than uh black widow yeah and like hawkeye's getting his own tv show too so we're gonna learn even more about him so i think what this movie does is it tells a story very well and it has some really great action pieces whether or not it was like truly necessary i can't say for certain i think if they had done this like maybe before Endgame, it would have it would have had a more like, oh yes, I am dying to see this movie yeah. type of it release. But overall, I actually do think Black Widow is worth the money. So here's what I'm curious about: mm-hmm. Do you think that you would have enjoyed it more in theaters? Yes. Okay. I think this is a worthy of seeing a movie in theaters. Like it's a Marvel movie. Marvel does a the theater point. experience very very well. Yeah, they know they know what they're doing. With- yeah. And it's not like this is a good movie. Like, I wouldn't rank this in the top tier echelon of Marvel movies, but I'd say it's like a solid B plus A minus. Like, it's up there. Uh, What could you compare it to another Marvel movie in terms of uh, enjoyment? Yeah, I'd say the first Captain America movie for me. Okay. well, yeah, because like that one is good. It's not great when you compare it to like the other Captain America movies, but as a standalone, it's good. And again, the action was the big thing I was taking away from this. Like there's some witty banter back and forth. I think Florence Pugh does a really good job. But overall, it's like you're in it because it's a it's a faster paced movie. Okay, that's you know that that's pretty. What's the word I'm looking for? Compelling. It makes me want to see the movie is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and I've been debating, you know, whether or not, you know, because because Samson and I are here in New York and it's like, you know, we could, we could go see it in theaters, but there'd be like a, you know, a train ride. There's not one super close to us or a, a decent walk. Yeah. We have this TV right here and it would ultimately for the both of us probably end up costing close to $30 because things are expensive in the city. Oh, it would be it would be like forty dollars for you guys to go see a movie. Tickets in the theaters in New York are more expensive. Yeah, and, and so it's like, do I want to pay a little bit less to have more convenience and see it in the apartment, possibly without you know? And and I I'm going to put the other people as a, a neutral here because sometimes it can be really cool to see a Marvel movie in theaters because you know people ah, ooh, yeah. get really excited about it, but sometimes that's also super annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of depends on where you are, where you are for that. I think this, the, the, your your description makes me want to go see it in theaters and do yeah. the little bit of extra work and maybe pay the little bit extra. And again, like you're talking about, like the Marvel theater experience, and I think a big part of that is when you see a character or actor that you recognize from something before. Mm-hmm. There are not many 
instances of that. There's a lot of fresh faces in this movie. I'd say yeah. bar one character and Scarlett Johansson's character, it's all fresh faces. Oh, because there's, um, what's his face? Guy from Stranger Things. David Harborough. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that Florence, like, I think Florence Pugh is only a name that I recognize because I've seen Midsummer and she's did mm-hmm. such a good job in it. But there's plenty of people who did not see Midsummer. Yeah. So I'm glad that she'll get probably some some due attention for this she's also going to be a recurring character the way they set up her character is that she's going to be showing up either in the hawkeye series or just in marvel in general but they're they're not getting rid of her just now i think they're setting her up to be the next black widow nice good oh really Mm -hmm. oh wow that's good for her (laughs) but yeah that's my review of black widow go watch it if you're willing to spend the money and if you are willing to spend the money, do it with other people so it makes more sense. That mean, yeah, checks out. Yeah. So, it's a departure from Black Widow, but one of the movies that I've watched recently, uh, for the first time, was Wet Hot American Summer. Ooh. And I have to say, you know, I was, I had a surprisingly good time with it. I, I kind of thought it was going to be a little bit lame, sort of dated. And, I mean, it definitely was dated at times, but overall, like, I, I kind of enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. it probably helped that I was drunk. I will not <laughs> deny that. And do I perfectly remember how that movie ends? No. But I remember that I had a pretty good time all the way throughout. And I truly did not internalize just how many big names were in there. Or I guess yeah. names that weren't necessarily that big at the time, but ultimately became like big names. For instance, uh, Boyle from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, what the heck is he doing here? <laughs> it's like every you you turn around and you bump into another actor who who ends up doing like good in a comedy role or yeah. getting famous for uh, comedy. I wouldn't necessarily say Paul Rudd gets famous for comedy, but he's famous for being Paul Rudd and just a little cutie, <laughs> which is funny that he plays an asshole in this. And it's like it, it feels now so miscast to have Paul Rudd be like a douchebag. But like, hey, at the time, it must have made a lot of sense. It feels like he's playing his character from Parks and Rec. Do you remember his character there? I actually don't. You know, it's been a very long time since I've seen. He was uh, the heir of the candy factory. Oh, the one who like ran for uh, mayor. Yeah, I'm getting like ever so slight flashbacks to that now. Yeah, no, but Wet Hot American Summer is a fantastic movie. I I believe Samson and I both put it on our top five summer movie list. Yeah, I think you guys did. Yeah. It's it's great. It's a really fun watch, especially if you've never seen it before. So I'm glad you checked it out. Yeah, I, I forget why, but I, I think Samson and I traded in some way. I chose something that we watched and then he got Wet Hot American Summer. So I, I'm glad to make that trade. Yeah. Also, for anyone who doesn't know, Samson and Sean now live together in New Woo-hoo! York, which is exciting how is that by the way it's it's really nice it's still the apartment is still getting set up i am recording this on my floor because i don't have like i don't i mean i'm not going to have a desk in my room anyway but this is like peak it is not set up yet like i have my bed Mm -hmm. and a bedside table but i'm still waiting on a dresser yeah that sort of thing and it's it's nice to it's it's funny because the apartment is just coming together bit by bit over like you know, as the weeks go on, like now we have a couch. Now we're getting our entertainment system today to put the TV on. Like it's all, it's all coming together, but it's, it's fun to be here. And it's nice that, you know, like we'll be able to visit you really easily and vice versa. And it's just, there's, there's still so much to do and check out. 
Yeah. But also, you know, <laughs> looking for jobs. Woohoo. <laughs> Dude, New York in the summer, I've heard, is like a whole nother ball game. It's it's hot. It's yeah. hot and muggy, but also like there's a very interesting energy to everything. Like hmm. it's it's fun. Are you gonna are you gonna have like a breakout singing sequence like in the heights with Samson? You know, absolutely. Because <laughs> that was that was my favorite thing about In the Heights, you know. Walking well we've on the actually walls. We're going to be working on editing it later tonight, and I mean, who knows, maybe this will be in existence by the time the episode airs, Sure. but we did like a, a kind of apartment tour video that we're going to edit together as sort of like, not really like a, a sketch, but just almost like a Gus Johnson-esque, like... Oh, please do. That sounds very exciting, though. I, I'm looking forward to watching it, but yeah, that does actually touch on a, a cool thing, is that we are going to try and do some in-person episodes again when I'm able to move because I recently got some surgery done, so it's been much more difficult for me to travel anywhere. But once that is fully recovered, I think we're going to try and set up not like a studio, but just maybe like a a quick way of recording all of us together. Yeah, some sort of just just to make it easy. Yeah. So like the the way I was thinking, and I don't know if I'll keep this in. I'll I'll figure it out. Yeah. But the way I was thinking is, so I have a tripod with a camera. Samson has a tripod with a camera. I learned that if you get like a deck device, you can have like multiple microphones recording into one thing, and then you just plug that into your computer. Oh. So like we could have all three of our tracks just feeding directly into one Garage Band, which would make it so easy. Ultimately. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other thing that's really important is that. You have to keep the microphone close to your mouth. Because remember we were hearing each other in the back of ours? Yes. So I think what we need to do from now on is, like, when we're recording it, just keep the microphone, like, close to our face. Mm, and, like, lower the... Uh... Yeah, that theoretically will prevent more background noise. So we set up, like, a two-camera thing. We got, like, two people on one side, one person on the other. I think it could be really cool. Yeah, except for when we do the hot tub stream and then we're all on one camera. That's very true. Yeah, I actually I do have to figure out exactly how to do the hot tub. I think I might set up through my laptop and then have a computer connected to my camera and we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm excited for hot tub. Like the thing is, I'm sure it technologically will be the most difficult to set up, but also (laughs) the payoff is going to be so good. Yes. Maybe that's when we do our Adam Sandler tier list. Oh, my God. (laughs) The Adam Sandler tier list from the hot tub. Live from hot tub. It's the Adam Sandler tier list. Because otherwise, if we weren't in the hot tub, we would just get so visibly hot and disturbed as discussing Adam Sandler movies. (laughs) But we have an excuse if we're in the hot tub. It's like, oh, no, Sean's not sweating because he's thinking of Adam Sandler in the disgusting seven or whatever that movie was called oh god wait is that the one that that got canceled the ridiculous six no it didn't get canceled no no, no. cancel in terms of like cultural cancellation Ooh, yeah i think it did okay i never yes, watched I, it. I remember that one <laughs> but anyway i'm not getting hot and bothered because i'm thinking of adam sandler and in, in jack and jill it's because i'm in a hot tub haha <laughs> yeah speaking of water though i checked out uh luca oh so did i yeah, yeah. Well, you talked about it in yeah. the last episode, and I I took that as a reason to go watch it. So I wound up watching it last night. It is a cute movie. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like stand out above and beyond Pixar, but like yeah. it's really fun. It's got a very sweet an- ending. I love the set pieces. I think it it's really nice because it doesn't have a ton of conflict. Like not really. No, there there's no like central bad guy. There there's no like overarching villain that people have to face or like running out the clock type timed 
issue going on and they kind of try and set up a villain of sorts but it doesn't really stick the the important thing about the the story is the characters and that's what you really care about and i think it does a pretty good job with that yeah did you see what i mean though whereas people i i feel like there was a lot of buzz ahead of time about it being like a really a movie that really explored like two gay characters but then it didn't it didn't really end up being that at all it was just these two characters are friends. <laughs> it looked like they were leaving it up in the air because there's a lot of moments yeah. where like one character gets jealous of the other hanging out with someone. Yeah. And I, I, I was interpreting that as like they're they're jealous because they want to just be spending all their time with them. And I can see why it could go more romantic route. Yeah. It, it But it just it doesn't feel specifically coded, if you no. know what I mean. Like it's not. It doesn't feel like they're trying to do like a tongue in cheek, like, oh, you know what we're really talking about. Yeah. Thing. They have to hide their true selves. No, when it comes to the fish thing, that is very explicitly fish. Yeah. <laughs> like it is. They are <laughs> I, fish people. I honestly think we're we're still a few years away from having like gay Pixar characters. Yeah. Disney. I mean, there was the whole thing where they're like, oh, my God, Disney had a, a same sex couple kiss in one of the Star Wars movies. And then they cut it in China. Mm-hmm. So we the mouse cares about money first. And it's still not. I believe I still think they don't think it would be the most profitable to have something like explicitly have homosexual characters. So, yeah, they're, they're one working day. their way up. Yeah, they're they're going to they'll get the mouse will eventually get there. Yeah, I'll give them some credit for actually like leaving it as ambiguous as they did i think that's a that's a good step forward but i mean overall this is just like it's a standard cute pixar movie i would recommend checking it out if you like any of their animated works no i definitely agree yeah what else you got for me shawnee boy no i'll save that one for last i'll look at a different one (laughs) and i've started watching and i haven't watched too much of it yet but that kind of doesn't matter love death and robots Mm. which I am really enjoying so far. I I feel like you guys, you and Samson at some point talked about it on the podcast, or maybe just Samson? Just Samson. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and I I must have forgotten what the pitch was because I hadn't realized that it was all animated with different animators. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was all independent stories, but I hadn't realized the artistic part of that yet. And so far from what I've seen, it's really well done. Like, the animation is fantastic of the episodes that I've just seen. And in that way that it's like, okay, here's one that's super detailed, like, very realistic in some ways. And then here's another one that's more like a paint style. But it still looks so good, even though it's not necessarily going for that hyper-realistic, super CGI way. Mm -hmm. And uh, also dark. Wow. Horrendously dark. Like, just randomly, one of the ones I saw was just about killing kids. Like, oh, that nice. was, yeah, it was like, it's not really spoilers. It was a world in which you, you live forever. But a way that they, like, do that is they just kill kids and having children is, is outlawed. And they call those people, like, breeders. Like, oh, you mm-hmm. filthy breeder, you're having kids, bang, bang, your kid is dead. Which is, like, horrendously dark. I presented it in a light way just because, you know, we don't need to seriously dive into killing children on the Board and Browsing oh, podcast. Well, maybe another episode. Oh, the Julian episode, for instance. We, we get episode. into it pretty significantly then. That's but true, that's true. With the child assassins, yeah. I, I'm really enjoying it, and I plan to watch more of it because it's just... It's, it's nice to have some little bits of kind of like sci-fi mm-hmm. because I'm a big sci-fi fan, but it's not always, you know, 
you're not always wanting to just jump into a full movie. Mm-hmm. And I also think that sci-fi can be done maybe not better, but it's easier to do really weird and exploratory sci-fi in animation because you don't need to make it work in the real world. You can, you know, just draw it. You can CGI sure. it. But yeah, Love and Robots, I've heard good things. I it, It's a variety of art styles, right? It's not yeah, just like one art style. Everyone, I believe, is done by a different artist or like directed led by a different artist so they they end up being in different art styles mm. um some of them check I, it out. I think might be similar but yeah i just wouldn't recommend it if you're uh, having a bad day <laughs> don't <laughs> because they're not all like of the of the ones that i watched they, they weren't all like super dark but they were all leaning a little on the darker side yeah so if you're having a bad day maybe save love death and robots for a different day for when you're feeling kind of spooky <laughs> But then it's it's a real jam. Sounds good. I'm going to take a completely different turn and I'm going to talk about a show that just came out recently, or at least the final season just came out recently called Atypical, which is about a man on the spectrum who just is going through life at the end of high school and deciding whether or not he can do college and kind of the struggles that he deals with as someone who is on the spectrum. Yeah. And the first couple seasons of the show were really great. We, we've just watched season four. That's the one that came out about a week ago from today, or at least a week from where this episode will be airing. And I have to say that the fourth season and final season wasn't as good as the others. I'd ah. probably give this like a four and a half or a five compared really? to like an average six and a half for the show. Ooh, that's kind of that's a drop. Yeah, and it's not like the episodes were bad, and it's not like the storylines themselves were bad. It just didn't feel like the rest of the show. Huh. It just kind of felt like so out there and different tones for a lot of the characters from what we've been seeing for the past three seasons that it, it threw me off a little bit. And maybe it's just because I'm less familiar with the earlier seasons because it's been a while since I watched them. But it, it didn't feel as connected from what we had been watching in the past, which kind of sucked because like y- you follow a character for three seasons. You kind of are looking for that like clean ending arc. Yeah. And sometimes you get it, but sometimes you don't. And I think it's especially noticeable with the sister who who's one of the main characters because like everything she had been working towards up to that point just like no longer mattered as much. And you were just kind of like, oops. <laughs> Huh, that's a bold well, direction to go in, but I, I I can see kind of why this happened. Oh, Danny, you didn't consider the, well, fuck all that yeah. option of the story. <laughs> yeah, but the overarching story for this season is that the main character, Sam, he, well, his whole thing is that he loves penguins. Like, he's obsessed with penguins. He wants to, like, draw penguins in, in, in like, art for a living. Yeah. Right? And he decides that the best way for him to do that is to drop out of school and go live in Antarctica. That's, oh. Yeah. But as someone on the spectrum, that's a very difficult thing to even consider. And that's a very difficult thing for a normal person to consider. So a lot of the season's storylines kind of revolve around him prepping for this trip to Antarctica. Wow. Whereas, like, the rest of the show has been him trying to navigate college. And then it became... Antarctica. How do I go to <laughs> that is there's a just, pretty big... There's just such a, a gap. So wait, he I'm assuming that he wasn't just going to Antarctica, so he he like found a job in Antarctica about no, drawing he, penguins. He, he just decided he he came to a realization like trying to figure out what it was he wanted to do in life, looked in a penguin's eyes 
and then decided that he was going to go visit Antarctica on a trip. You know, to, to each their own. <laughs> yeah. And again, like the the show up to this point has been pretty normal in terms of like outlandish plots. And I think that really worked well for it because it's trying to prove that someone on the spectrum can live a life just as others do yeah. with some challenges given their circumstances. And then just like introducing this Antarctica plot felt like so out there. Yeah, that it does seem just like out of the blue. Yeah. And it's like, I understand it. He's obsessed with penguins. This has been something that could build up like some kind of trip he takes on his own for the first time ever, like showing independence. But there's something about like him going to Antarctica that just feels like so extreme. It feels a little jump a the normal sharky. person. Yeah. So. Huh. Yeah. I mean, overall, it's a good show. The last season's there. Eh. So maybe stop at the third <laughs> season. <laughs> pause you don't need to, you don't need to go to antarctica dear listeners don't go <laughs> it would there. be cold it would be cold although right now hey i could use that yeah. i turned the fan off when recording so oof a little bit of antarctica <laughs> wouldn't be so bad right now you know what i'm talking about hey. oh, i know what you're talking about a boo boo hey speaking of what i'm talking about my third of four things here is the movie chronos by guillermo del Gu- oh no that's the right name guillermo del toro uh-huh got there Got there. Names are hard for me. And also, <laughs> interestingly, I believe this is the first movie where he worked with Ron Perlman. Oh. So the story here is that, and, and I honestly watch this with Samson, but I think he's fine with me stealing the, yeah, the glory sure on this one a little bit, is that Guillermo del Toro just really wanted to work with Ron Perlman. And then this movie was mostly in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Almost all of the characters speak Spanish. But he specifically, okay. and Ron Perlman was like, I don't speak Spanish. So he <laughs> he reworked the story to have Ron Perlman's character mostly speak English and be like a <laughs> douchebag American who speaks like, you know, maybe three or four lines in Spanish in the whole movie. Oh, no. And honestly, it's really quite fun. The The, the overall plot is that, and, and the, I think it's on HBO Max, the description on HBO Max is like an alchemist from 1562 like creates a device to extend life but must flee when the Inquisition comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the first 30 seconds of the movie. <laughs> like, from then we like <laughs> jump forward hundreds of years to maybe modern day at the time. I think it, this was from the early 90s. I don't remember where it was actually. In a majority Spanish speaking country where that device is found by an old man and all the troubles that come with like getting immortality and, and Ron Perlman's character also wants the device. That's kind of like the, the, the good but mostly spoiler-free explanation of it. But it's, it's just incredible that everyone will be speaking Spanish, doing their thing, and then Ron Perlman shows up and is like, hey, I'm looking for this thing. You got it for me? Mm-hmm. Pandejo? but like does he understand the character's spanish it seems like he does yeah he just can't speak it but he can he can comprehend like he he comprende (laughs) he comprende yeah well the thing (laughs) is that i believe he has um like the the man he's working for i believe speaks both spanish and english i think but there are like a bunch of times where someone will speak in spanish or english to a character who mostly doesn't speak that language and they just kind of respond in their own language, which 
<laughs> but oh my god and and honestly it's it's the weird thing about it is it's a very young ron perlman and mm-hmm. it was wacky to see a young ron perlman and you know dare i say it normally i wouldn't describe ron perlman as hot but young ron perlman can get it he was kind of hot i was like geez who's this guy young ronnie like wow bring in the heat apparently but it's you know my overall review of it it's a fun kind of campy old horror movie you know it's it's got cool special effects for the time uh, a little body horror-y and just truly bizarre, but a fun time. I wouldn't watch it to be scared, but I'd watch it to be entertained and, you know, just just to see Ron Perlman do his thing. Sure, sure. This movie sounds wild. And one more time, it's Kronos. Yeah, and it's on HBO Max. Yeah. God damn. I need to check this out. That sounds insane. (laughs) And remember, don't be fooled by the description on HBO Max because it was clearly written by someone who watched the first 10 seconds and was like, all right, I think I got this. Here's what it's about. Fantastic. I think the last thing I want to talk about today is that I have been watching Nathan for You. Oh, really? I have never seen this show. I've only heard about it from you guys. And I was kind of like, what, like, what is what is this all about, you know? Like, I, I, I didn't understand fully. And then I started watching it and I'm blown away at how good it is. Like, <laughs> his his deadpan comedic timing is brilliant. Oh, it's like, nuts, yeah. Every joke he says goes over the heads of the people that he's with, and that just makes it so much funnier. Oh, it, it really does. It's it's the fact that he, like, doesn't react to any of it Yeah, is what makes it so good. And then yeah. I think it's what makes the show work, because otherwise people would be like, all right, you're just like... I, I think if he was more tongue-in-cheek with it, people would be like... Okay, you're just you're just pulling a prank on me. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. But because he's so deadpan serious about everything, it's like, oh wow, I guess this is an actual recommendation. You're gonna hate the story I'm gonna tell about how I got into Nathan for you and like oh, no. started watching it. Dan, you've got me worried. So so I was I was browsing the the YouTubes and a clip appeared of Conan O'Brien talking with Homer Simpson for his finale episode oh yeah yeah and and i checked it out and i was like oh this is pretty funny and and i was like i i knew that conan in general as we've discussed is not a very funny show (laughs) but but i was curious as to whether some of the top clips on his youtube channel were worth watching yeah and they were there's a lot of really funny bits that conan does that are just if you're watching it as a six minute video rather than an entire talk show, make him a much more entertaining person to watch. Hmm. And one of the one of the best ones I saw was he was interviewing Nathan Fielder and oh. and Nathan brings out. So he he's having a discussion with Conan. And he's saying that he brought his own backup guest in case the interview was going poorly. <sighs> And Conan's like, I've been doing this for a lot of years. Like, I've never heard of anyone bringing a backup guest. So Nathan's like, well, I, I could bring her out for you if you want. Like, she, her, her name's Susan. She's she's a lovely woman, like, would have a lot to talk about. And Conan's like, yeah, yeah, bring her out, bring her out. And it's Susan Sarandon. <laughs> and, and Conan's just sitting there, like, jaw open, like, how did you get Susan Sarandon? And Nathan's like, well, I got her through my booker. I, I guess I have a better booker than you. <laughs> and she sits there on the couch next to Nathan, doesn't say a word. And then 
like Conan's trying to engage her in the conversation and Nathan's like, well, she's the backup guest. Are you saying that this interview is going poorly? <laughs> and Conan's like, no, like tell your story. So he tells like the most agonizing and painstaking story about his cats while Susan Sarandon is just sitting there saying nothing. Oh my God. And I watched that and I was like, holy shit, like this guy is hilarious. And that's how I started watching all of his shows because I was watching Conan clips. You know what? Fair enough. I, I I like the I like the fact that you watched a Conan clip and then were ultimately entertained enough to watch a different show. <laughs> that's exactly that's that's where I'm at. That's that's I my Conan think about that. Oh my god! Wait, that's exactly what happened. This I found fits right into my narrative, Danny. You've yeah. fallen into my trap. But but what I've been doing because like there's four seasons and I want to watch like the best of it and work my way down. So yeah. I actually went on IMDb to look up the fun like the top ranking episodes of Nathan for you, mm-hmm. and I've been watching from the top down interesting and it's a really interesting way to do it because there is no like major correlation between episodes except for the finale really yeah like so the finale brings back a character that they had met early on i say character because he's just like he's a weird person he's a guy who does like a bill gates impression and that's like his whole thing he says like he is a bill gates impersonator And, and then in the finale he like keeps showing up at Nathan's office and he's telling the story about this girl that he knew from like 60 years ago that he he was in love with and lost contact with and wants to like meet again and the entire thing is like an hour long like special finale episode where Nathan is trying to find this woman based on nothing except the memory this guy has and her name from before she got married wow and it is like one of one of the best documentary type things i've ever seen i don't even know what i would classify it as it is brilliant though like you can watch this episode with no context of nathan for you and and think it's amazing huh it was it was wild but overall like the show is super fun i i think it's just like this incredibly fun experience especially if you don't know anything about nathan fielder and i would highly recommend checking it out yeah no it's and it's a show that i've never sat down and just watched through it but i've had it on and it's been put on for me many many times and i've always enjoyed it so it's it's definitely a a dual recommendation here hell yeah now danny yeah the last thing i have to talk about here and Mm -hmm. i don't think we should go too in depth with it because i'm not done with it yet but i think you'll be happy to know that we have started watching Ted Lasso. Let's go. And it's so good. Right? <laughs> I love this show. Oh my I, god, I'm oh. so happy you guys are watching it. And the thing is, it just makes you feel good. Yes. Like, it yes. just makes you feel so good. Oh. I don't, you know, I, I want to wait until Samson, until I resurrect him from the dead. He's actually mm-hmm. kind of just face down in the tub right now. <laughs> but, you know, that, that'll work itself out. But it's I I couldn't I I could not wait a week to talk about how I am loving this show so much. Yes, dude, I'm so glad you guys are watching it. Do we have Apple Plus? No, and I'll leave it at that. But we are watching Ten Lasso. Oh my god, dude! The second season's coming out in like two weeks from now. Oh, that it's it's a funny story. But I was like, hey, while Samson was was setting up an episode, I was like, hey, you know, isn't season two like uh, coming out or is it out or what's the deal? And he's like. No, it doesn't come out until July. And then he looked at me and he went, it is July. <laughs> and then I was like, yes, it is. Let's go. So soon. Oh, God, I'm I'm so excited. I don't remember how far in I am right now. I think Jamie just got transferred. 
Okay, so that, that's like about episode six-ish, I think. Yeah, I think we're a little bit over halfway through, and my guess is we'll be done for the next episode because we're, we're kind of flying through it, honestly, because yeah. it's so good. It's so bingeable. And, and the characters, like I said, they just make you feel amazing because you could tell that they, like, it's so well-written. You can tell that the people who write this show understand human dynamics. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, it feels like, obviously... You know, Ted is is a pretty like he's he's an extreme person in terms of how positive he is, but he still doesn't feel unreal. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it still feels like this is a guy who could exist. Yeah, like a bit of a, a special person in terms of just how nice and and positive he is, mm-hmm. but not unrealistic. Dude, wait until you get to I think it's episode eight called the Diamond Dogs. I've rewatched that single episode so many times. It, it's oh, probably my so favorite excited. in the whole first season. I'm so excited. <laughs> no, no, Danny, you really happy. It, it, it almost makes me want to watch Cobra Kai because of how right you were about Ted Lasso. Let's Will go. I? Probably not. But it almost it's it's pushing me in that direction of like, you know what? Maybe I should give Cobra Kai a chance. Look, bored and browsing listeners, if you're taking nothing away from this show, Please know that we are right. We are 100% right in our opinions. They are essentially facts. And if you think otherwise, you are wrong. Think of this as like the new New Testament, but only about media. Yes. Being written in front of your eyes. I, I think I might change the description on our Spotify page to be bored and browsing. Our opinions are facts. We are right. <laughs> this Listen is gospel. <laughs> Because we originally made that trailer where it was like, our opinions are not facts. And I was like, well, I guess we're wrong. (laughs) You know what? Yeah, we got to change it. We really do. Halfway through season two, maybe the start of season three, Borden Browsing is now, we only say facts. Our word is law. (laughs) So anyway, make sure to send us money at our Venmo, at Borden-Browsing. And our Patreon, Board Boys. <laughs> what kind of content would we put on our Patreon? We, d- we don't. They just pay us and they get the episodes. <laughs> you know what? They get the raw, unedited episodes. And, oh, God. And you know what? We start recording as soon as we start the call. So they get all the dumb bullshit that we go through <laughs> of, of, like, Samson's mic not working. <laughs> when our audio breaks out. Me being like, what the fuck is that buzzing noise? They'll get uh they'll get the hidden interview. You, you they're gonna hear all the times the gardeners show up for you. <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> uh, don't don't even get me started. Don't even get me started with the gardeners. <laughs> Danny, no, don't. They're not here. You're safe. The gardeners aren't here. Right. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end off the episode. I I've got so nothing too. else left to talk about. Sounds like you've wrapped up your list too. The well is dry. Awesome. So you can follow us on Instagram at Board and Browsing Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Board and Browse Pod. You can follow me specifically on Twitter at Slothenberg, or you can follow me on Twitch at Slothenburger. Of course, Samson, you can follow him on Twitter at the under the underscore big underscore boomba, or you can listen to his music on Bandcamp. He's not here though, so I guess you don't have to actually listen to him. And Sean, <laughs> where can people find you? Well, now that I'm in the big city, if you go out into the streets and start going. I am legally obligated to challenge your gang to a dance-off. And beware, the McGarry Mole Rats bring the heat. (laughs) We bring Uh, the heat. Yo, I actually, before we go, I have one final question for you. Yes. Have you seen the trailer for Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl? Yes, I have, and I am actually really excited for it. If there was one character you could bring into that game, who would it be and what would be their signature move? Oh. 
Danny, you really put me on the spot here at the very end of the episode. Because I got one ready to go. And you it's go Hugh first Neutron. while I think. It's Hugh Neutron, and Hugh he summons Neutron. an army of ducks. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, and now you want me to come up with a character equal to Hugh Neutron? You animal. How dare you do that? Oh, actually, you know what? Oh, who is the... Uh... Oh my god, it's it's a it's a character from Fairly Odd Parents. Um I don't, oh, oh it, this was I'm taking this straight from Reddit, but Doug Dimadome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely a hundred percent yes. And with his signature move, he brings you to the Dimsdale Dimadome. He is the owner of the Dimsdale Dimadome. I was actually I, I made a I made a tweet earlier today where it's like everyone's talking about like how stacked the cast is, but why is no one talking about the assist trophies? And I po- posted a picture of Bulby from uh, Jimmy Neutron, <laughs> the dad from Danny Phantom, um, the Cabbage Man. And, oh, oh yeah, shit. that would be incredible! Oh, oh my god, I don't remember what the last one was. It was it was something equally as good. Danny, you got the fire Twitter going right now. It was. Oh, it was the guy who said he burnt my shake. <laughs> like, can you imagine the assist trophies where he's just like, he oh. burnt my shake, and then he just throws the can at him? <laughs> it's perfect. Dude, and you know, I'm heard, buying this game day one. I've heard that it's from a studio that made a pretty good yes. fighting game before. Yes. So, like, it not only might be iconic, it might also just be good. Like, I that's think it's going to be really good. I'm so excited. I'm glad that we got to the place where the franchised fighting games that aren't Smash can finally be good. I know. Like, let's not talk about the, the PlayStation 1 or the Cartoon Network 1. We don't need to go there because we're entering the golden era now. Yeah. Also, I'm a Nigel Thornberry main for wow, sure. Wow, smashing. <laughs> Anyways, guys, this has been Border Browsing. We'll catch you all next week. Bye. Bye. And...